0: Sunday night edition of the dunked on basketball podcast continuing a tradition now four years in the making the top 10 players in the NBA would do this every March we've come a long way from 2014 the first season that I did this when the top four were LeBron James Kevin Durant Chris Paul and Kevin Love uh, at number four Steph Curry took the top spot the last two years there will be a new number one this year But before we get to that, I should remind you that we are sponsored by Movement Watches, MVMTwatches.com slash Capspace. We get you 15% off your first order. Actually, no, not your first order, your order. And Indochino, you can get any premium Indochino suit for just $389 by entering that familiar Capspace code. So Danny, let's get started here. I had a little bit of a change in my criteria this year that we talked about when we were at the Warriors Grizzlies game today, but before we recorded, basically last year, I said it was if you wanted to start a season with a certain player with average talent around him, you know, who would you most want to have? I've changed that this year in large part because of my number one player's performance last year in the playoffs. To say, if I wanted to win a playoff series with average talent around this player, who would my number one pick be? Uh, And, of course, my pick is going to be LeBron James. But what do you think of changing up the, the criteria a little bit? Is that a more relevant criteria than what we had last year, when you're really talking about winning at the highest levels?
1: I think when you're discussing who the best players are, I find the discussion in terms of absolutes more interesting than best regular season, because then consistency and all of that goes into play. Now, if I were building a team, of course, you have to. De- it depends on surrounding talent in terms of where you're classifying success. But I think it's a more it's a more interesting question. But more than it's a more interesting question, I think it's a, a better way of approximating and calibrating value than the regular season because while durability is wonderful and extremely important at the end of at the end of the day while I feel like mark jackson the it is really about giving yourself the best chance of winning a championship
0: yeah just don't go preaching on any street corners and, and letting people upload it to youtube though <laughs> that would be a little disturbing uh but yeah i think that's right and also just the fact that especially for older players the fact that they can turn it on as lebron did defensively in the nba finals last year i think matters and, and it also to me matters a little bit i think there are certain styles That can be more effective in the playoffs or certain regular season styles that are less effective. It could be something like you're more easily exploited defensively, and teams are really game planning for that. It could be that you're extremely reliant on fouls and whether and kind of BS foul drawing, not like I'm going to go hard to the rim and get fouled trying to legitimately score and you know Harden might fall into that category Lou Williams would fall into that category though he's obviously not going to appear on this list but whether it's because the refs kind of get used to your tricks or just the other team does after playing you for seven games they just learn how to not foul as much over the course of a series I think that that could be a little bit less effective as well so that that's going to inform I think this analysis a little bit the two statistics that I'm going to be quoting here Kevin Pelton as usual, was kind enough to send me his statistics that he creates based on the box score warp, and what I'm going to be setting to is win percentage. Basically, the idea being that if you had five of these guys, what percentage of games would you win in the league? Uh, or maybe it's not even five five guys. It might just be if you added them to an average team, what percentage of games would you win? But nonetheless, it's basically kind of like PER, but it's just a better version of it that's more tested, that correlates better with winning and we'll just say the league rankings for that and then of course uh, ESPN's RPM is is the other thing we're going to look at for some of these rankings but one thing that I found is the rankings both of those categories are not really going to match up with my personal subjective rankings uh much different than in past years when i thought that my personal rankings hewed more closely to what some of the statistics said
1: yeah there certainly is some of that this year and something that not really at the top end of this because i have such a i have such a firm sense of those players over the years and oh. The top guys are all battle-tested in various ways. But getting down into, let's say, the 8 to 10 range, and then the guys that were competing for those spots, I had some real trouble for some of them separating out the issues with them in their current locations versus putting them in this in this construct and for some of them it's it's really mentally freeing if it's like oh if you're taking them out of the shackles of what they're in right now but for other guys you're just kind of trying to wrap your brain around it and having some real trouble i like that i'm saying all this without saying any names (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, let's let's start with that. And of course, we're going to do tiers a, as well here. And I guess one other thing, too, that's really struck me before we started is this is by far the hardest that I've ever, that it's ever been. I mean, I say that every year, uh, but especially down in the kind of, you know, 7 to 15 range, it was really hard to separate guys out. And a big part of that is just because pretty much everyone in the league is healthy this year. The only two guys that would be in consideration for this that are injured right now are lowry and duran and those guys are, hopefully will be back and have had excellent seasons up to this point you know at this time last year like anthony D- davis was out you know there were times in the years before that like kate the year before that kd uh was out with a broken foot, so he wasn't really a, a part of the list. You had a, a lot of the great players were, you know, Chris Paul had, had missed some time, Blake Griffin, although he's probably not going to appear on this list for me. And I think for everyone who wants to complain about resting, hey, guess what? Like, the 20, top 20 players in the league have, like, all much been healthy this year. Like, that's fantastic.
1: Yeah, it, it's a, it's been such a fun year for that. And while some players are in imperfect situations, at least we've gotten to see them play.
0: All right, so Tier 1 to me was LeBron James by himself. and I thought that Steph Curry he was in a tier number one by himself last year he was in the midst of one of the greatest regular seasons that we've ever seen he then got injured we'll never know if he had he not gotten injured whether he could have maintained that level in the playoffs but he did not and then this year he certainly has taken a step back even as the Warriors now have righted the ship and won I think seven straight in Katie's absence Curry looking much more like the player that he was two years ago when he was a deserving MVP but no one really I thought was was that great that year compared to some of the mvps we've seen and so he drops out of it now it's lebron james by himself especially since he had one of the greatest nba Finals series ever last year he has not played like the best player in the league this year but i'm giving him the benefit of the doubt at this point because of the level that he reached in last year's playoffs a level that nobody else on this list reached in last year's playoffs and he's shown despite the fact that he's age 32 the ability to turn it on we may just not see that for him next year I mean we're not it's going to be a playoffs when we finally figure out that like father time has actually caught up to him Uh, but he certainly is having a wonderful offensive season his jumper is has come around as well which was the big weakness that we cited until last year's finals of like why he wasn't as dominant as he had been in his prime and now you know he's shooting 38 percent on threes a lot of those are self-created you know maybe he won't be the same defensive force but offensively he's having you know as good of a year as ever really
1: LeBron at his best was one of the reasons he was so incredible is that he checked a series of boxes as a player that you just don't see very often. He could run an offense, he could basically he's the he was one of the best passers in the league he could switch defensively but he could also be a capable rim protector at at his best moments and what has impressed me so much about his aging is that he's not checking all the same boxes as he did before you know he's still good at switching he's not where he was I think he's gotten a little bit better at moments as a rim protector he's gotten worse as a chase down guy except for that block in game seven of course but he's this year his shooting has been much better we're reaching the point now where I'm not going to say it's permanent but it's you know it's been consistent enough that I want to give him some credit for it. And so you have all all of those things that are running together and he he still was at such a high level at his prime that even as he's kind of taken steps back in some of those ways, there still is not anybody that gets to where he to where he was or where he is now. And so like the guys that to me were in the next closest consideration, not to spoil it too much, but when you look at the what Kawhi and what Kevin Durant do, LeBron is just so much more of an all-encompassing guy, particularly on the offensive end. And as we both feel that offense is, especially for perimeter players offense is more important than defense and generating reliable offense for yourself and others that even if it is a chance that LeBron is not like that a chance that LeBron is what he was for four games in the NBA finals last year that chance is enough to make the difference
0: yeah I, I think that's right so you're in agreement then that LeBron James is number one and in a tier by himself at this point
1: I originally did not have that but when I really thought about the criteria that you gave and I thought about the way that he's played i put it i ended up there
0: yeah and we'll see i mean there's just there's no way to know whether this is actually going to be true until we see the playoffs this year Right. like if, uh, if
1: we redid this on july 1st it's entirely possible that that wouldn't be true anymore
0: i will move on to tier two momentarily but first this for movement watches mvmtwatches.com slash cap is how to get started with them and get 15 off your order I'm staring at my movement watch right now, the Slate. I also have the Gunmetal and Sandstone. They have a number of different sizes and styles starting at just $95. I never really had owned a watch. I was like, oh, I have my cell phone. I can figure out what time it is that way. But I also never knew that watches that I really liked were available at this price point. I would go into a department store or another store and see a watch that I liked for $500. I'm like, I don't need this, that's way too expensive, but movement is a fraction of what department store brands typically charge. This revolutionary pricing is possible because they cut out the middleman and just ship to you directly with classic design, quality construction, and styled minimalism that's led to over 500,000 watches being sold in over 160 countries. If you're an international listener and you're kind enough to have a desire to support the show, a movement watch is a fantastic way to do so. So you can step up your watch game, Go to movementwatches.com, mvmtwatches.com slash Capspace, which is easy to remember that URL, of course, because we talk about Capspace all the time in the program, and get 15% off today with free shipping and free returns. That's movementwatches, mvmtwatches.com slash Capspace. Join the movement. So my tier two actually has five players in it this year. Interesting. And by the way, stats-wise, LeBron James this year, number eight in Kevin Pelton's win percentage number three in uh, ESPN's RPM so certainly nowhere near the best in the league in those categories but again you know just because of the the, his playoffs last year uh, had to be up there so my tier tier two five players I will list them all in order here Steph Curry still number two for me and I I'm sure I will have to do a lot of justifying for that which I plan to get to Kevin Durant number three Kawhi Leonard four, James Harden five, Russell Westbrook. Six and a lot of that really is based on the playoff performances that we've seen in the past, more so than what we've seen this regular season.
1: I find that very interesting because I, I, you know, we'll have to talk through some of the differences that we have. My tier two is only two guys, and it's not the guy that you have second. My tier two is Durant and Kawhi because their versatility on the defensive end. You know, I think Durant's defensive ceiling, while not what Kawhi is, Kawhi is, you know two-time defensive player of the year is closer than I think maybe some people some people think I think you know we were there for game 3 and 4 of that Oklahoma City series when he was a big part of what made that work and offensively Kawhi has has taken this hu- taken these huge steps and while he is not what Stephen Curry is what James Harden is the combined impact is truly special and so I have to rant higher just because I believe his offensive ceiling is is higher and that I think that's more important but I have those two in a different in a different level and I even think I have a much stronger opinion about that regarding Harden and Westbrook than I do about Curry because Curry has shown that he can reach that level
0: yeah that's what my big reason for Curry is you know he led a team to a championship in 2015 people complain that he wasn't that good in that Cavs series I thought he actually was quite good and just had the one bad like five out of 23 game in game two that that they lost
1: can i make but a in quick general, point on that yeah so some of the reason that 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 happens is his counting stats in that series were low that was a really really slow series you know like that was i i haven't looked at his stats per hundred possession possessions in that series but i would guess because i remember it being intensely slow that that might be part of what what changed all that he also should have won finals mvp in that fun
0: yeah you and i've talked about that but also just the fact that they had to double team him all the time and then you know he opened every everything else up i mean the fact that andre iguodala was able to score 20 points a game was all because he was on the floor in that series uh so i I think that that's a big part of it. I mean, he's had some ridiculous performances in the playoffs, even when he was inconsistent last year after the knee injury. His Game 7 was an all-time performance against Oklahoma City. Was not able to come through in Game 7 against the Cavs. That that certainly is no good. But he had a very good 2015 playoffs. You know, some of those games that he had against New Orleans in 2015, against Houston in 2015, Game 3 against Houston in 2015. Uh, Some of what he, he did to Memphis on the end of that series though he struggled early on uh and game six against oklahoma city last year i thought he outplayed russell westbrook in that series even though people kind of forget that but certainly over the last three games curry outplayed westbrook in that series so i i think that he and then also just what he did in last year's regular season still has a halo effect for me and Also, he still ranks third this season in offensive RPM. His defensive RPM is down. I think that that can be a little fluky, especially when you're kind of in the mid-range of just not really that good, not really that bad. Uh, And the effect that he has, the gravity that he has, is still so enormous. And he's still, the Warriors, even with Kevin Durant and the team, will struggle to score sometimes when he's out of the game. So I do think he, there is, I believe in him a little bit more, and the effect that he has too even when he doesn't have the ball in his hands, and even when he isn't scoring well, I think is better than for guys like Russ or Harden who are still kind of more offense-only type of players. So we'll see. I mean, this is still, a lot of this is based on last year. You know, Curry clearly has not been as good as guys like Harden and Russ during this year's regular season, but there's still a little bit more of a halo effect from the last couple of years. I want to see Harden and Russ really kill it in the playoffs. Uh, You know, neither of them has been as effective as Curry has been to me the last couple of years
1: so a quick little clarification thought experiment if we were transporting 2014-15 Stephen Curry but with the knowledge so basically if this year was an exact replication of last year he was sitting at the same numbers let's say same impact as nebulous and as that is I was thinking about where I would have him and I would have him second that theoretical Stephen Curry second which is part of what made me want to put him in tier two but I ended up settling away from that but would you have that Stephen Curry as the number two? spotter would he even be tier one with LeBron
0: yeah i think he would be tier one with lebron and probably actually even ahead of lebron uh just because like that that player is just completely unprecedented that's like a top five season of all time well no i'm Uh, talking about 14 15 first oh 14 15 okay i thought sorry i thought you were talking about 15 16 uh no 14 15 to me would be about right about the same where curry is right now okay oh and so i think he's yeah the other thing he's basically kind of looking like that player to me this year essentially
1: the only other thing i wanted to contribute with particularly Mm -hmm. those three guys because we have them we have the same three guys there but in a different order is that is the idea of a presence kind of their presence alone and so the argument would be for Stephen curry that his presence on a team means they're going to have a really good offense we've talked about this recently with nicole Jokic that he's an interesting test for that kind of an idea and curry you know defensively it's not a strength for him but i don't think he's a huge negative on that end and that's enough and if we're using that same test offensively i think that puts curry above harden and westbrook because you know while curry has had better surrounding more more favorable surrounding talent for the last few years than those guys have had, he has proven that ability, whereas they haven't. And yeah. then with with Duran and yeah, Kawhi, we've
0: seen we've seen him be a part of a truly outstanding defense. Uh and he, he at least like doesn't break down mentally the way Harden and Russ do a lot defensively so at least at least he's going to try his hardest to execute the scheme even if you know when you're going at him one-on-one it's probably easier to attack him than Harden and Russ but I mean this Warriors defense in large part has been awesome even in the playoffs and he's been able to be part of that whereas Harden really never has been part of a a great defense and Russ you know for three games in that Oklahoma City series last year against the Warriors was but you know also had like some big breakdowns that contributed to them losing that series.
1: So using that same test, do you think that Kawhi alone means that a team is going to have a successful defense? top 10 let's say
0: it's really impossible to answer that just because he's in such a great ecosystem in san antonio i don't think so be just, just because if you have bad big men it's just so hard to be good defensively even though the spurs do have some guys who've been bad defensively throughout most of their careers guys like gasol and uh, uh, gasol used to be good actually back in his prime but for the last few years he lee uh, aldridge you know not not some world beaters so I, I really don't know the answer to that question if you just put him on some average team is it going to make your defense good I, mean, I think he'll he'll help a lot but if let's say you compare him to Paul George and I think he's a little bit better than Paul George but you know probably pretty close and Indiana is a pretty average defense this year when they having lost their coach and some of the other good defensive players that they have so I, I think if and Jimmy Butler another example right I think Kawhi is better than both of those guys but to just say you're gonna have a top 10 defense just because you have a wing there's only so much that that guy can do I think whereas if you compare to say Rudy Gobert or even Draymond Green uh, who can switch on at the everybody and also protect the rim be more of a help defender i think those guys are the ones i would really look at it's like all right you're gonna have an unbelievable defense just by having these guys out there
1: i agree with you i i battled with that myself and it's also part of the reason why i put Kawhi below durant just because i think durant is is more of the positive on the offensive end like and just because yeah. I, I mean more katie confident.
0: outplayed outplayed Kawhi leonard in that series last year i thought that that' also was true a, a big part of it uh and uh, but it's again it's really hard to say it and Kawhi is better this year and KD might not be as good offensively this year uh, and certainly does not have as big of a role this year. So just basing on, oh, what happened in a six-game series last year, kind of difficult to to do that. But again, that's another one of those ones where – All right, until it's proven differently in the playoffs, I'm just going to go with kind of what it's been, you know, unless we've seen just like something so different this year. Uh, But, you know, now just because of KD's injury, Kawhi is very likely to outperform him in the playoffs this year. But we're going to give KD the benefit of the doubt. This is not like a major injury where you're going to worry about him going forward in the long term.
1: So the last two guys you have in this tier are the top two players for MVP. One of them is almost definitely going to win it.
0: And the two guys, well, I guess I had Harden fourth when we did it last time. But, uh you know, I mean, as I said, LeBron, Harden, Russ, Kawhi, all neck and neck for me uh, for MVP. And I figured that having Harden and Russ this low would probably be the most controversial, or, or that with having Curry as high as I do. And now remember also, these guys are all in the same tier. So it's very close between them. You know, this is not, I'm not saying that this is like some obvious pick. Uh, and to have a second tier that goes this deep really shows what the the depth of the NBA is in terms of superstars these days
1: to start with with those two guys how did you make the decision between the two of them I ended up with Harden over Westbrook as well
0: yeah I think it's just that in a playoff setting I think that Russ is just a little bit easier to stop because he's not a great shooter you're he's really reliant a ton on the fast break he's it's not as devastatingly efficient on his own the way Harden can be and granted Harden has a much easier job with this current Houston roster than Russ does in Oklahoma City I think that Russ just generally in the playoffs has not really proven to be efficient other than just in small bursts and i think that's the biggest reason it's just that and i haven't seen russ be able to be effective against the best defenses a lot of times because you know that battering ram style that he has can overwhelm a lot of teams but if you really locked in and you have guys there at the rim to stop him if you have the personnel to switch on on pick and rolls i think that it's possible to make him be inefficient whereas harden early in his career he really struggled in the playoffs but i think the the last two years he's been pretty effective and especially in that four 14-15 15 season, he, he was really, really difficult to stop. But I also think he's a little bit more reliant on foul drawing as well, which is another reason that I put him a little bit below Curry and KD and, and Kawhi, because it's not only drawing fouls, but it's kind of the trickster foul drawing that as we said in the open is something that I think that the effectiveness of that can wane throughout a playoff series.
1: A major reason I put Harden over Westbrook is also that Westbrook has flaws in his game that are easier to to exploit he is not a great three-point shooter but is a very willing three-point shooter and we have seen various opponents particularly the Warriors last year but other opponents as well take advantage of that in big moments and that's a little bit different than the foul drawing in transition but is incredibly important it is exacerbated by his current teammates and I don't blame him for that but it's still something to consider that to me it makes Russ less versatile the that you know if you place that he's gonna be you you want him as your fourth or fifth best three-point shooter on your lineup Harden, he's second third you're all good
0: yeah it's it's very difficult obviously there's really no good way to do this should we talk about Kawhi I I think it's interesting to me that especially during the regular season Kawhi and KD are really the only good defensive players in this top six you could say uh LeBron could bring it on occasion but he's kind of been coasting and the Cavs are 22nd in defense in part due to the fact that he does that this season uh but to have a two-way guy guys that you just cannot go after I I think it is interesting though to look at how few of some of these best players really are two-way players you're it seems like perhaps there are not as many as there were in the past Uh, but that's just an interesting thought that maybe we're at the point now where being just a outstanding offensive player you just don't have as much energy for defense and that's what makes someone like Kawhi or even KD especially in this Warriors guys uh, so valuable. Although it is worth noting, actually, the Warriors defense has not dropped off without Kitty at all.
1: Yeah, that is interesting. And they earned that earlier stretch. They were replacing him with even more clearly inferior guys. And then Matt Barnes is taking more time now. And I think he's substantially more capable in that end. But also, you know, tying with the idea of two way wings, Paul George has not, you know, there was always the potential that he could be that that guy and even Jimmy Butler, like Jimmy Butler has, has grown leaps and bounds, but he never really kind of bridged the two sides at the same time. Time He could do that in a playoff series. I was going to say this year, but I still don't want the Bulls to make the playoffs, but they could do that. And so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see like Gordon Hayward's gotten better defensively. I think he might even be a little bit underrated defensively, but we're still kind of waiting for those people to really put it all together. And I know that's a, a lot of people put those eggs in the Andrew Wiggins basket long term, not right now, obviously, but there isn't that guy, you know, the, the Michael Jordan, you know, candidate for all first team, all defense yeah. and MVP candidate. Like there aren't that many of those guys.
0: Yeah. Well, Chris Paul uh, fall into that category as well and that's a, a way to transition into tier 3. My tier 3, uh you know, we've gotten through 1 through 6 now in the first two tiers. My tier 3 is Chris Paul by himself uh, at the number 7 overall player in the NBA and Paul uh, number five in Kevin Pelton's win percentage and number one overall in RPM although ninth in offensive RPM and 13th in defensive RPM so not that outstanding in either category but just again because there are so few players that really stand out on both ends from some of those on-off statistics that makes him number one overall in RPM he's missed time he's been dropping since he came back from that injury he was playing at an unsustainable level for a, a guy his age certainly but I still think he is comfortably above uh the, this next tier guys that's why I have him by himself at seven uh is Chris Paul next for you and and if not who is
1: you talked about how your list was controversial because you have Harden and Westbrook at five and six I have Harden Westbrook at six and seven and have Chris Paul above both of them I am oh wow able-
0: okay I thought we uh I guess we were talking too much on, on my list that is yeah that that is gonna be controversial but you know I think you know Paul has been better than either of those two guys in the playoffs. I, I would, right. I would agree he's, with you there. He's
1: been better than them in the playoffs and the offensive. So yeah, they've been different in offensive RPM yeah. this year. You know, Harden and Westbrook are are uh, a substantial. Although, amount.
0: although there's also a substantial chance that Chris Paul is going to be injured in the playoffs, as he has been. uh I think like three Basically of his every six year. years <laughs> in L.A. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. he he tore up his hamstring in 2012. Then uh 2015, it was another hamstring injury. Again, and then last year, you know, the hand injury, which you know you could say is a fluke, but then he had another hand injury this year, and and he always seems to kind of crack it by like reaching in, and and uh, you know maybe his hands actually are kind of vulnerable. So uh, when you throw in the chance that hey, there's a fifty percent chance over the last six years that he's going to get an injury in the playoffs, you know, it becomes a little bit harder to me to rank him higher than Harden and Russ, both of whom really never get hurt except for Russ that one year.
1: I I did not consider that. I will openly admit that the the chance of injury was not something because i i feel like that's more anomalous and i think back to last year before he got hurt he created a more substantial difference in that series than i have ever seen in a single series from Harden or westbrook and i love both of those guys he was you're, a monster talking, you're in, talking
0: about against portland
1: yeah before he got hurt yeah like he was d- disruptive well, it, 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 he's the, he's their second best defensive player and he's a point guard like he, he's their yeah. best perimeter defender and he's the reason their offense is so good and so yeah you can Certainly, make an argument that that Harden and Westbrook are are better offensive players than Chris Paul. Like I, I am sympathetic to that argument for a lot of completely obvious reasons. However, I think that margin is pretty close and arguable. And if it's that, if if we're talking about that sort of margin, the gulf defensively, even if it's less important, makes all the difference for me.
0: Yeah, and Paul, of course, had an all-time great series in that that first round series against san antonio and in, in 2015 but he's also older and i think he's he's at the age now too where you start to wonder about all right how predictive is even last year or two years ago considering his age uh so the, and and i think just because of his injury history both during the regular season and the playoffs i had to put him a little bit lower and also just i think you can make the argument that harden and russ have improved so much just based on the regular seasons that they're having that, that i would have to put them above Paul but I you know it's not I also just think that Paul just is not like quite a good enough scorer at this point in his career that he really just draws quite enough gravity from the defense I mean he definitely has been awesome this year for sure and uh but uh, you know statistically too I think if you look at Harden number two in KP's win percentage Russ number one uh that's another thing that I look at as well Kawhi is number three in that kd is number four uh, so uh, yeah it's just if chris paul were like 28 then i wouldn't quite be thinking that there's enough of a drop-off but it's more even to me about just with the improvement that harden and russ have shown during this regular season that to me puts paul below him in addition to the health concern or well i'll note that the health concern
1: for me this list is not predictive this is not where i think this list will be on october 31st of this this year you know like with the start of next season it is if we We're doing a playoff series well not specifically right now but you know like this playoffs where it would be and i'm going to use what we have as as kind of prior experience there a little bit and what with with russ like yeah russ has been spectacular this year i personally haven't seen that amazing improvement in his depth and his ability as a player it's just it's to me it's been more of a change of opportunity and a change in his maybe his day-to-day assertiveness
0: both of those well he has been a lot i mean this could just be luck I'm very open to the idea, but he's been much better in the clutch this year than he's ever been before. yeah, that's probably the so. biggest difference and that, and that, is part was, of that it. was and, why I and said their he clutch defense has been
1: their clutch defense has been good too. So, and yeah. while that's not entirely him, there are five other, there are five players on his team and he's probably, would you say he's the fifth best defensive player in their current closing lineup? I would.
0: Yeah, that's probably right. And, and he, was probably Oladipo, four, he, was four, he was probably, he was probably, he was probably, before and, and, and yeah, yeah. So no, that's probably right.
1: So like, yeah, it, it is, a, it is a challenge and their offense has been pretty good. I think last time, last time we did 1560, they were like third in offensive, offensive rating in that, in that time. And that's phenomenal. And Russ deserves an, an, a ludicrous amount of credit for that. But I think I've seen more growth personally in Harden than Westbrook. It might just be because I've been obsessed with Russell Westbrook for a long time. Yeah. But well, and he's also he's got real
0: that. shooters around him. I mean, I mean, Harden's, you know, Russ's ecosystem has gotten worse, and right. Harden's has gotten way better with the shooters around him. The fact that he's got D'Antoni coaching him, he's got the ball, bringing the ball up the floor every possession. With well, it, offensively, in his hands. he's
1: in about as as perfect a system as you could get, realistically. Right. You no, know he has good I, pi- I, has that's... good pick and roll bigs. He, he they can go in a lot of different lineup combinations. They've even fiddled with Ryan Anderson at center. So yeah, I think that's certainly a fair point to make, and is a reason why you know there there there's this weird thing. I mean we've talked about it with with MVP and and this. Like I have I have to I haven't really looked at it in the last kind of couple weeks since we did awards but right now i probably have russ as my mvp but i think i still think james harden's a better basketball player and they're close they've been close for for a little while now and with russ the other kind of element of it that goes into this whole equation is will this intense energy that he brings to everything i feel like that's going to have diminishing returns in the playoffs when everybody else starts to ratchet up because he can't go anywhere else when you're already at 11 you're even if you go to 12 you're still everybody else is going from like six to yeah. nine or to ten like the, the, i think that the, those things will be diminished and yes him getting rebounds and grabbing well, and going and he's that's also always playing
0: more minutes more minutes in the playoffs too and so you can make the argument that in fact you know it's harder for him to To maintain his level in the playoffs than someone else. So who do you think is more? uh, So actually, let me go back here. So give me a summary then of like your tiers and and your rankings uh, now through your top seven.
1: Tier one: LeBron by himself. Tier two: Just Kevin Durant and Kawhi Leonard. Tier three: Stephen Curry, Chris Paul, James Harden, Russell Westbrook.
0: Okay, so KD is is number two, Kawhi three for you. Yes. Uh, Then Curry is four, Paul five. Harden six rust seven okay so that that and that rounds out your uh your tier three
1: correct so we are in basically though we had them in different orders and different tiers we end up at the same place in terms of having three spots left and starting tier four
0: uh of the guys we've mentioned so far in your tier two and three my tier two do you see any guys as more plug and play or less because the criteria in theory was that we're trying to say with average talent around them you know as opposed to in their present situation obviously it's very difficult to divorce them from their present situation but just thinking about it hypothetically is anybody more or less plug and play
1: hmm i think curry just if we're assuming you know closer to 14 15 curry that shooting can translate and he's been a good passer And I I think that you could have him work in a variety of systems. He wouldn't be as good, but he could be close. And also like Kevin Durant part of why I have him over LeBron is that he can fill a couple of different Wait, offensive over, roles. over
0: Kawhi you mean
1: sorry yeah, yeah over sorry yeah. sorry sorry clarification um over Kawhi was the different elite small forwards I, be, is because I can see him thriving in a series of different offensive roles he wasn't great as being kind of like the alpha and the omega in that second unit for the Warriors but outside of that you know like he's a really nice catch and shoot guy he's the most versatile offensive like you know score he's the most versatile scorer in the league and versatile scoring is something that can translate a lot of different teams a Uh, lot of different systems
0: he he could also guard a lot more positions too defensively he could switch yeah Uh, i think russ is the one guy i would point to as being the least plug-and-play because he just he's not a guy that you feel like you have to guard on the perimeter that much when he doesn't have the ball he's he's the only one of these guys who is a below average three-point shooter and he also just you know has to have like this crazy high usage rate it was he's the only one of these guys who's been criticized for dominating the ball for not allowing Kevin Durant to get it that much now I would say that given the lack of other options he wasn't really a lot of that criticism was undeserved but if you put him on a team that has some other really good players I think that it's possible that he wouldn't fit in quite as well in in terms of his style but I think all these guys are guys that would fit pretty well Russ is the The only one that I would look at is maybe there could be some issues.
1: I don't have much of an an issue with that at all.
0: On the other hand, though, you can say, hey, Russ has by far the least talent and shooting of any of these guys on any of these teams. And he's still been able to be very effective and make their offense effective because he's been able to find a style with this fast breaking, with the intensity, with this high usage that works with this basically really crappy offensive personnel compared to the others. So what could he do if he actually had some shooting around him? You know, that's, that's an interesting question too, but I do think that overall though, his style, there's always going to be a ceiling on how efficient he can be. You know, he's, he's never going to be a guy who has a 60% true shooting. And if I'm not mistaken, all of the other players that we're talking about in this tier and above uh, are at that level of efficiency.
1: Who would you say of this group of seven has the most upward mobility between now and July 1st?
0: Ooh, that's tough. I can, for me, it's easier that KD, because... I say KD doesn't have much. He's probably got the least... And Russ is going to lose in the first round, so it's hard. It would be hard to say him. I mean, to me, it's between Curry, uh, Kawhi, and Harden. Curry, if only because he's shown the ability to get to this crazy level before. Me, you can't discount the fact that he could get back to that all-time great level. It seems unlikely to me. And then uh, Kawhi and Harden, you know, if either of them could lead their team to the finals, uh, then you're really looking at them probably having to jump a level. Especially, uh, you know, I think either of those guys really.
1: For my list, it's Curry just because I have him in tier three and number four. Like I could see him going yeah. up, but, but, but just at, from, from, yeah, the perspective of your list, I think it's probably hard in, in that way. I mean, cause Kawhi, what he is now, I think it'd be really hard to put him in. In, the only way to me that he the way he gets in tier one is if lebron isn't tier one anymore you know like if lebron isn't by himself yeah. well, then Kawhi well, what, gets what
0: in. if uh what if san antonio gets to the finals and Kawhi outplays lebron like that's not impossible Kawhi could right. shut lebron down you know right lebron really struggles against Kawhi at times so yeah that's um, true because if, right, if the spurs yeah.
1: win if the spurs win the title he's probably going through lebron and kd
0: all right, let's uh move on to the rest some of our honorable mentions see who's going to round off the top 10 uh, but first a message from our friends at indochino i am an oddly shaped guy i'm about six six i've got really big shoulders and kind of a small chest in comparison And buying suits off the rack was always really difficult for me, whether I was going to men's warehouse when I was a lot younger or even just trying to go to more expensive department stores once I was a lawyer. I even got another custom suit made as well that fit better than the off the rack stuff, but still wasn't great. Uh, I also just had a devil of a time trying to find the exact suit that I wanted. I was just hoping to find the right size and then they would tailor it for me. Couldn't get the exact color I wanted, not to mention there's no way you can customize the linings or the lapels or the style or the cut of the pockets. Indochino lets you do all that. You can drop by one of their nine North American showrooms, pick from hundreds of fabrics and patterns, or if you're not nearby one of those showrooms, they have a tutorial on their site to show you how to measure yourself in 14 different areas. And that will enable you to get a premium made-to-measure suit for just $389 when you enter that cap space code at checkout. I've got a bunch of their shirts. I've got a bunch of their suits now. I've recommended them to a bunch of my friends that they all have thought that they're great and it's going to be the best fitting suit of your own because it's made for you instead of just some schmo who is the typical guy that they make off the rack suits for. And it's the exact pattern, fabric, all that that you want. So once again, the way to get started with them, Indochino.com, enter that familiar cap space code. Easy to remember because we talk about it all the time on the program. That'll get you that $389 price. And also, of course, let them know that you came from us for tracking purposes. Indochino.com, promo code Capspace. All right, let's get a drum roll. If we had a producer, we would do that, but we don't. Uh, For your tier four, Danny.
1: This caused me a lot of heartburn. Because there are a serious number of players that are worthy of consideration. But the guys that I ended up using to fill 8, 9, and 10 are all young. And I also might... Well, actually, one of them is not that young. Number 8, Giannis. Number 9, Anthony Davis. And number 10, Jimmy Butler. Davis was the hardest for me because I had to kind of reconcile the idea of the issue of whether he wants to play center. But how this change in format actually really helped that because I thought... If we got into a playoff series, he played a ton of minutes in that series that they played against the Warriors in 2015. He could maybe not play it for 35, 40 minutes a game, but that you could go to that sort of the equivalent of Draymond at center, go to that when you need to, and that he would be game to do that. And that makes him a game changer because we've seen the Pelicans be strong defensively when he does that. And he's already an incredible offensive player
0: this was very difficult for me i had just a ton of players in this next year probably going down to like you know the 15th best player in the league but i think you are just criminally underrating john wall and isaiah thomas and favoring guys whose just teams are not winning as much who are not contributing to wins as much uh thomas in particular i mean this season that he's having i I get that he hasn't been that good before he's been ineffective relatively in the playoffs the last two years so that, that gives me some pause about him the guy has 34 percent usage and 62 percent true shooting fourth in the nba in offensive rpm he is 70th overall in rpm and that's because in theory under rpm he is the worst defensive player in the league i don't buy that for a second a lot of that is just the fact that the box score prior and just a prior for how tall he is negatively affects his defensive rpm i've heard that said he's the worst defensive player in the league like no that's clearly false like the celtics have had an effective defense even with him playing for many years now and they're really starting to round into better shape defensively as well but just the offensive season that this guy is having like it just it deserves recognition like he's got to be in the top 10 to me even if you know he hasn't been as effective in the playoffs and, and doesn't have the history you, you just you can't ignore the offensive season he's having and I think same thing with John Wall as well when you look at these incredible shooting numbers that guys like Otto Porter and Brad Beal have had I think a lot of that is what he's doing He's, he's slipped a little bit defensively this year but still pretty solid and when you just look at what those guys teams have done compared to ad's team and and janice's team Giannis, another guy too who i think can be more easily stopped in the playoffs as well just because of his lack of a jumper and he doesn't really have a, a ton of moves he's very dependent on transition um so i i would just go with wall and thomas Giannis would be in the same tier butler would be too but i especially butler like i don't see how you can say that he's been better than like wall and and isaiah this year Uh, so this is this is
1: interesting because i i of course heavily considered both wall and thomas but i had both of them below kyle lowry i think lowry has been you know yeah there is a difference in offensive value but lowry
0: lowry has just sucked in the playoffs too many times for me well i mean okay
1: so okay so you're gonna say you're gonna use that you're gonna discount that for isaiah thomas but not for kyle lowry when lowry Lowry has been, in my opinion, has been better than Isaiah Thomas. In well, and but, yes-
0: but Lowry has been a lot around longer in the playoffs. Um, it, it just seems like every year he's just like completely inexplicably not good where and Lowry just is not as much of a shot creator as Thomas I think he's also actually slipped defensively a lot this year you know that used to be a big part of his argument I think that he has not been as effective there he, he's also older than Thomas where you would expect Thomas to be getting better you would expect Lowry to be getting worse um and just the, the ways it, in which and I think that Thomas has at least shown that the ability to have some big games, but and Thomas's game has also grown a lot, you know, in specific ways. We've talked about how much better he is operating off the ball these days, for example, how much better of a shooter he is. So I'm just willing to buy his improvement a little bit more, uh, and especially like how good he's been in the clutch this year as well. Like he just has been unstoppable, and it's just while well, Kyle Lowry is always great in the on off stats, and he's been very very effective and and he's been very efficient this year you just don't look at Kyle Lowry and say wow this guy's unstoppable and like Isaiah Thomas has been unstoppable this year and I think that that's just harder to deal with in the playoffs than Lowry who's just kind of steady in a lot of areas very good in a lot of areas but doesn't pop out with like one skill that's just like all right we cannot deal with this guy
1: I'm fine with giving him giving him credit for growing and having it this year but when somebody has shown that growth in a year and then hasn't had to you know hasn't really gone through that cauldron yet i'm i'm giving i'm giving him partial credit and i'm ready i'm ready willing and able to give him full credit you know if that if that's what comes but he hasn't and isaiah when we're talking about the cauldron of a playoff series when you start to get especially after the first round get into the most talented teams in the league there aren't hiding places for him yes he isn't he i agree with you that he is not the worst defensive player in the league but if you are building a theoretical playoff team and you have isaiah thomas against Let's say the Washington Wizards. The Wizards are not the best team in the league. They're probably somewhere around 6th or 7th. And they are not this appallingly unfair example here. I mean, if I if I wanted to go really unfair, I'd go like the Warriors or Cleveland. There is not a place to put him. And while he is a, a very talented offensive player, and if he carries every single thing over that he has done this year, I have him when, when Tim Bontemps did his media straw poll, I had Isaiah Thomas 5th in the MVP. I, I fully appreciate what he is doing this year. But when you get into that, the best teams in the league, it's not that he is the worst defensive player in the league, but he becomes a negative in a way that is a real t- t- tactical problem.
0: We'll see. I mean, I don't think he's any worse than like, you know, a, a Damian Lillard or something, who again, is, is his own problem as well. Uh, you know, who's, I don't, who's I don't one think playoff, he's like, Who's
1: one playoff... Oh, no, they have two playoff series wins because they, they won against the Clippers when everybody got hurt and they beat the Rockets.
0: Yeah. Um. And dame has been pretty good in the playoffs, I think. Oh yeah, overall, absolutely. He's... But- um so i mean that's why i have john wall ahead of isaiah for that reason um and, and then my number 10 again was very difficult i had anthony davis uh and and Giannis. i just having not seen him really in the playoffs his first year at this level uh how well is his defense gonna translate he's not really on a team that's any kind of a threat or a contender um you know maybe that's not his fault maybe it is we'll see uh he doesn't have as probably as good a coaching or good of a culture around him or anything anything like that but i'm just with him being that young i'm just not quite ready to go there yet with him he certainly was in this tier as i said it was very difficult to split hairs who else was in this tier for you if we were going to go beyond the top 10 uh for you
1: okay so i my my three were Giannis, ad and butler lowry wall and isaiah are all there and then I was so basically I'll, I'll say all the other guys that I considered and I'm not saying these guys were all in the same tier but I had real trouble so I think that's actually where I would draw the line so then it would be 13 guys but the other ones that I considered and are right in this mix Gordon Hayward Paul George Draymond Rudy Gobert and then I'd say that's probably it and then I also just like in the back of my mind I'm sitting there going well if I have those guys what about Towns and Jokic but I think they're a tier below
0: yeah and and you could even say like Marcus Old to Marcus Cousins sure. like she get Demarcus, i you guys know how i'm kind of out on him these days just because his defense is so bad and, and the attitude issues so he wouldn't seriously be in that part of the discussion for me uh dame lillard would not be in there for you
1: i think he probably would be i think what hap- what suffered for dame is that he was below all these other point guards and i think i just kind of got point guard fatigue so yeah he should probably yeah. be in there as well
0: yeah i mean 10th t- in offensive rpm only 22nd in uh kp's win percentage this year uh, so That's uh, but pretty good track record of some big moments in the playoffs Uh, track record of being a part of an outstanding offense really for his entire career with the the shooting that he provides uh so uh, having a little bit of a down year portland's having a down year his defense is quite problematic um Towns and Jokic to me, I just wasn't quite willing to go there, just because of I, I think defensively, especially Jokic, but but Towns as well. I mean, Ta- Jokic has a good defensive RPM. I don't buy that for a second uh because just watching him, like yeah, he gets his hands on some balls and, and he's a good rebounder, but you know he can just be attacked relentlessly in pick and roll, and he can't guard shooters either. And, and Towns. For any big to have a negative defensive RPM is awful, just because bigs generally, you know, the average for a center is probably, you know, like plus 1.5 defensive RPM or plus one or something. Uh, negative 1.39 for a center, that is just really, really bad. Uh, he is 14th in, rim, in win percentage. And, you know, certainly he might be the best offensive center in the NBA already, uh, even if you want to count Anthony Davis. But just defensively, not quite there. Hasn't even made the playoffs yet. Uh, hasn't really ever done much in the clutch in his career either. Uh, in part, maybe because he doesn't get the ball enough. uh What about Kyrie Irving? Again,
1: the point guard fatigue issue. He's below Lillard for me, but yeah, he should have been included.
0: Well, if we're saying, but he wouldn't. He like you wanna, Kyrie
1: would not have made my top ten. That's the other part that I always have trouble with. With also considered, is like Ky, there is no reasonable way that Kyrie Irving would have made my top ten.
0: No, I, and I agree with you. But a lot of people would say, hey, we're talking about winning a playoff series. Like, wasn't he unbelievable in the playoffs? Wasn't he unbelievable against the Warriors? But the Big stipulation for me that really took him out of consideration for this tier is the with average talent around him, and when you look at what their record has been without LeBron James, uh, in the Kyrie Irving era, when you know the what the what like a ten percent winning percentage when James is out, I mean, I just Kyrie has just not shown the ability to be the primary option on a team, and then you know also his defense. Except on rare occasions, is also pretty bad.
1: Well, so yeah, if, if we're gonna if we theoretically swapped Kyrie Irving and Damian Lillard, do you think Portland's offense would be better or worse?
0: I think it would probably be worse.
1: And their defense, you know, is probably similar. I would say, you know, it's you know, it, yeah. it's in the same ballpark. So like that yeah, to and, me, that's, that's the best least,
0: argument. Yeah, Dame at least can defend in the post a little bit uh I mean I do think Irving when he really locks in can be pretty aggressive like getting some steals and stuff but yeah I'd say Dame is probably a, maybe a little bit better defender yeah than I mean, Kyr- Ky- think they're, they're both really awful though
1: Kyrie is one of the best players in the league at playing next to LeBron James and that is no small feat you know that it, it is in some ways an easy ask but in other ways a hard ask because you have to basically deal with you know having somebody who's ball dominant next to you and like Russell Westbrook would not be very good in that role you know he, he would yeah. he'd be a good player yeah but he he wouldn't work in that and you give credit where credit is due but Kyrie Irving has not had to shoulder that burden so a he hasn't proven it and b in the small amount of time he has gotten it he hasn't shown enough evidence to say well if you extrapolated this over that circumstance you can justify that opinion.
0: Are we not giving enough credit to Draymond Green consistently every year? Top five in RPM, probably the best defensive player in the league, not an offensive liability, although he he is definitely having a down offensive season compared to last year, both in terms of his finishing at the rim his three point shooting his ability to to post up. He's been horrible at that this year when he actually had some measure of effectiveness at that last year on switches, but nonetheless, I mean, still just a, a wonderful player, uh, and, and someone who the advanced stats always like more, at least the on-off stuff, he's only 36th in KP's win percentage that you know mostly focuses on box score stats I think he was in the the high 20s in that uh last year or or, I'm sorry the low 20s in that last year like 22nd or something um I mean I think he was actually my toughest omission out of the top 10 I I went with AD instead but it's just it's really hard to know if you just added Draymond Green to an average team you know how much he would really be able to affect them you know I don't think he's going to help their offense that much and you know does he make them an awesome defense by himself by himself probably pretty close, but I just... it's despite the fact that we're in a new age and i really really appreciate his contribution seeing him in person 45 times a year i'm just not quite able to get on board with him in comparison to just some of the more traditional high usage high scoring superstars uh like someone say ad or or even Giannis.
1: he was the single hardest player for me to reconcile with this criteria because his presence alone gets you awfully close to having a very good defense but but a lot of that does depend on your surrounding talent. I mean, and depend on if so for a seven game series. Yeah. You're if you're saying that criteria, then he's probably going to play a lot of center and Draymond at center is an amazingly versatile thing. You can make, you know, you could draw kind of a parallel in some ways to a bizarro Wes, Russell Westbrook, you know, in the way that like he could, I think you could build some teams that were had average shooting at the one through four. And because he's the five that that would look a lot better because you're playing at the five instead of at the four and offensively you know, the problem is that I think he's a lot better as the second or third best offensive player, or maybe even further down that list than, you know, theoretically, if you're surrounding him with average talent, he's going to be either the best or the second best, but he's so phenomenally talented. I think it would work, but since I don't know it would work, he, yeah, he's in the, he's in that same, he's in that next, like that tier that is the also considered basically in my tier four as well. And it would not for me in the least, if we could theoretically actually explore this, if he would be better than, I, I thought I was sitting there going like, why do I have Giannis eight a- than have draymond off the list because you could easily make an argument that draymond would be better
0: yeah it's really tough and it's, again it's to i know what some of the stats say i know what some of the other stats say to get a guy who just is you know not a top 100 offensive player in the league well maybe you know maybe he's higher than that just because it, the ability to play center and then also like handle the ball and shoot threes i think that that is pretty valuable to be a grab and go guy maybe we're underrating that even if he's you know relatively inefficient in terms of his own offense um but yeah i still Think I especially with some of the Pelicans resurgence on defense this year uh, and the effectiveness of some of those 80 at center lineups. I assume he'd actually be willing to play center and in, in the playoffs uh, uh, on this uh theoretical average team. Uh but yeah, so he was my number 10. Uh, so to, to round it off, why don't we finish up, just repeat what our tier four is. I had John Wall at number eight, Isaiah Thomas at number nine, Anthony Davis at 10, and then filling out that tier, Draymond Green, Giannis, and I think that's probably that's that's probably it for that tier I, I would put everyone else that we're talking about just a little bit below them although again still very very close and so that would include jimmy butler carl towns Dame lillard paul george cal lowry it probably would be that next tier for me
1: my tier four the players that made the list giannis ad jimmy butler 8 9 10 then also in that group kyle lowry john wall draymond green isaiah thomas I, these aren't those ones aren't in order i just have them and also considered yeah. if i and didn't I think, say
0: butler by the way i meant to as as yeah. kind of that next year yeah
1: i think he did And and then I would have the next group so yeah, so that's where that line would be, and then I have another big group after them of guys that are I mean, Gobert's another fascinating one for this because I mean his we've been able to see him defensively, you know, anchor a team that we thought was gonna be great defensively and they've been very good without a lot of the other key players.
0: Yeah, it's just it's hard for him, Hayward, Giannis, even Jimmy Butler has really only been Jimmy Butler in one playoff series. Uh, Towns, Jokic, Cousins even has never made the playoffs either. Like if you're, if you've never made the playoffs in your career, much less played well in the playoffs, it's just very hard to put you in the top 10. And, and, you know, maybe that's just because being unfair to some of these guys that they're on bad teams but especially given what the criteria is this year it's tough and and i realize that isaiah has not played that well in the the playoffs up until now but still it's uh it's just tough when you've got these young guys like all right you you know you're gonna have to get there and prove it uh as one of the main guys on a playoff team before we can talk about you in this area
1: this this might be putting you on the spot a little bit but you have a far better memory for these sort of things than i how many times would you say russell westbrook has really done that he's put you know he's had a playoff series where you could say like he is a meaningful part of the reason why they why the thunder won
0: well i think uh in 2012 for sure uh, i mean i mean and even even in the finals you know he had that great game four they lost in overtime um you know 13 he was robbed of the chance to do it by kind of a questionable play by Pat beverly uh 13-14 i mean he had some really nasty games in that series against the Clippers that they won um so I, you, you would have to say then at that point you know i mean first round series against overmatch opponents we're not really talking about right. uh I, I think he was good not unbelievable in that series against the Spurs and then in the games that they won against Golden State last year you know he i mean those games 3 and 4 he certainly was you know that fast break that he was leading was absolutely overwhelming mm-hmm. uh so no i mean i don't th- I wouldn't say that he's been like a bad playoff player but he's also had had some times where he's just been inefficient uh, hasn't you know has has maybe not been able to really lead his team but you know he's definitely had some moments but he's also had some ugly moments.
1: The reason why I framed it the way I did was the idea of a series for him because he has had stretches I mean in that Western Conference finals last year he had some moments and some games where he was absolutely undeniable and that's a part of the Russell Westbrook experience but he was also a significant culprit, one of many for what happened in the last three games of that series. And it, it against the Spurs, from my memory, and that's why I defer to you, is because your memory on this is better than mine. I remember him being a very good player and an important part of why they won, but not necessarily the reason especially when you saw in those series that a big part of what opened the door was just some of the crazy lineups they could throw out there. And Russ, since he plays the point guard position, he's just a smaller part of that versatility than Durant is, than at that time Serge Ibaka was. So I'm not using this as a a cudgel by with to to bash Russell Westbrook, and it's not like Isaiah, where to me Isaiah hasn't really had that definitive playoff stretch. But I, I wonder, that's why this year is so important for me with him, is just what does he do with this platform and even though they're not going to be expected to win the series no matter who they face can he you know can they outperform their seed what not in terms of series result but just in terms of overall like game to game
0: impact yeah Uh, that's an interesting question i mean maybe maybe if he if he has a great series and you know takes whoever they play in the first round to seven and you know maybe i'd feel a little bit differently about him but i expect him to actually be a lot worse in the playoffs this year because for some of the a lot of the reasons i talked about just like because i think his game is kind of more style it's a little bit more one note than than a lot of these guys um one thing i wanted to talk about is just comparing at least for my list last year last year i had steph curry number one in here by himself he's number two this year and a a controversial number two at, at that biggest riser lebron james we had as five and i'll defend that a little bit because for a number of reasons one I thought that his 2015 finals was was pretty overrated. Uh, And then his jump shot completely abandoned him. Cleveland couldn't stop anybody last year either it looked like they had no chance against the Warriors at this time last year and it looked like you know hey LeBron wasn't uh, as good in the 2015 finals and now he's a year older so it's just it's just gonna get worse and he completely defied that uh, by his finals performance last year and so maybe this maybe that'll be an outlier and he'll kind of go back to gentle decline but as of right now it looks like that 2015 finals was the outlier because he was awesome in the 2014 and 13 finals as well. and just 2014 he just didn't have the team around him either so that was one of the big risers uh, um last year KD, Kawhi, Russ, Chris Paul were all the same. We had Harden in tier 3 a little bit lower. Uh you'll remember how disappointing last year was for the Rockets. His defense was awful. I think you know this year he clearly is having a much better season and that's why he's into the higher tier. And then we had Kyle Lowry to me was uh number 7 overall leading off tier 3 and just after another season of injuries, being older, bad playoffs last year, uh I that's why I kind of moved him down a little bit and uh draymond i think is is a little bit higher and then you know the biggest riser probably is Giannis, who we wouldn't have even remotely been talking about at this level and then and john wall is the other one too who was had a really down year last year would would have made more sense him being here uh after his 2015 season but he you know was injured most last year and the Wizards disappointed
1: I had not opened my document until you brought up the idea of looking at what our top tens were last year and I cracked up because my tier two last year was number two Kevin Durant and tier number three Kawhi Leonard and just those two guys by themselves which is exactly the same (laughs) tier two that I have now I just have I flip-flopped Curry and LeBron because I had LeBron four I also had Russ over Chris Paul which I have now flipped which is interesting considering the years they've had and then yeah I had Harden in my next year down with AD who I still have there Lowry who I still have there but I moved him to 11th and then Draymond so you know jump Giannis Giannis and Butler I think both have had fabulous years but yeah, yeah I mean- it's
0: interesting and you've basically like exchanged LeBron and Curry with one Correct. another it's, it, yeah and it's interesting. like Kawhi yeah he had this amazing improvement last year but he's had even more of an improvement I think this year like he even if you're gonna say that he's still number three uh I think you know he's still way better you know in the regular season this year it's just we'll see how that turns out in the playoffs I guess
1: so a question that I wanted to ask you, because I was, I was started thinking about this with this project is who that we haven't, we haven't said their name at all, even in passing. Do you think is most likely, probably let's say the most fun is most likely to make the list in proper, but to all, if we want to make it a little bit easier to make the list in consideration, cause I have one person in mind.
0: Let me think on that for one second. Are you going to say Miles Turner?
1: No, I'm not. I'm going to say Joel Embiid because Embiid. Uh, yes yeah his defense he's like so the issues that we have with rudy gobert you know rudy Rudy, phenomenal player defensive player of the year candidate he's been amazing actually offensively the last couple weeks though that's more in scoring and just they've been a little bit more aggressive with how they give him the ball Embiid's offensive ceiling is just so much higher and if he can can reach that level then he can become the kind of not necessarily the anthony davis the bizarro anthony davis but the closer to that and at center the the kind of the calculus shifts and defenses more important than offense in my opinion and so if he can be a defensive player of the year candidate and be a good to very good offensive player then that probably if he could prove that he's healthy could put him on this list
0: yeah, I mean, if you look at KP's win percentage statistic, I think he's in at least the top 20, if not the top 10. There's actually two other names that we probably should have mentioned. One of them is Klay Thompson. Uh, he at least deserves to be in the honorable mention for me, especially because of just like how incandescent he can get in the playoffs at times. I just think he's a little bit too inconsistent in the playoffs as well, where if a team really locks into stopping him. But I if mean, you think about some of the performances that he had when Curry was out last year, and then of he course... Was,
1: he was the- MVP of the first two rounds of the playoffs last year
0: yeah that, maybe that, that's a good point uh and then of course you know that legendary game six that he had but you know didn't really do much in the finals either and that's something that that needs to be considered as well I and mean, Paul Millsap maybe should be talked about a little bit but he's he's a guy that I think you know is not as good of a playoff player it, even though he did have that one crazy 40 point game you know generally just has not been able to be effective against Cleveland not not really you know, was miscast as a primary option and and a good defensive player uh, to be sure or even a great defensive player but not someone who's been able to change the game for the hawks against the uh, cleveland uh, their primary competition the other guy who we probably should at least discuss even though you, you and i both i'm sure agree that he doesn't belong in this conversation is demar derozan
1: oh are you really going to make me say mean things about demar derozan again
0: i can do it if you want well so basically and, and, and it's not it's not mean it's it's just you know
1: yeah that's a fair point that's like people like people got mad at me for saying i thought Devin. Booker had the lowest ceiling of like that group of like the five best young players in the league. And it's like no, I mean yeah, he scored seventy points the other day and that was fabulous, but well, we can talk about that another time. But DeRozan does he to me the big issue with him is that he fails the presence alone test. Like I don't think just having him gives you a successful offense, and I think just having him really hurts your defense. So you know if you're comparing him but, to Kyrie, he's been
0: good in the playoffs. Like he like yeah. Put a if you put i mean of all the players that we've discussed he is probably the most susceptible to just being shut down by good defense you know with paul george being the example but really like any good wing stopper who with some size he's just so dependent on going one-on-one and trying to like bully guys around you know if he's being guarded by a shooting guard he can be really effective because the guy just doesn't have the size to deal with him but if you just put a paul george type of wing on him he just he can't get good shots and he'll still and, and- and, take and he sucks on defense as as you said yeah 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 and he'll still take shots that's right i mean like i was talking uh, you know 11 months ago he was so bad against the pacers that i even like brought up the idea to carol lawson of whether like he should just not play it like he should come off the bench or something which you know they were never going to do but he was shooting six of 19 every game in that series
1: yeah I I think that the analog for me is is Kyrie and I think Kyrie just he has a higher offensive ceiling and they both have low defensive floors yeah
0: yeah Kyrie is can be unstoppable one-on-one and that's maybe why he just deserves some more credit uh then but DeRozan is not unstoppable one-on-one he's he beats up bad defense and he's inefficient against good defense
1: also makes DeRozan a more valuable regular season player and Kyrie a more valuable postseason player
0: All right, anything else that you wanted to add or realizations you had as we went through this process?
1: This is the best articulation of why the point guard renaissance matters, because there are so many guys, like even for us, the the players that just missed the list, almost all of those were point guards. And there were a, a ton of point guards. I mean, mine, and if we're, and, and Harden and LeBron basically have that offensive role, whether we're going to call them that or not. And it's an incredibly valuable thing. And even with less scarcity than so many other elements like wings, that is still such an important part of every successful team. Yeah
0: for me I touched on this earlier but it's just how much awesome talent there is in the league right now and the numbers that some of these guys are putting up and I I'm just very very curious to see who out of Giannis and Carl Towns and Embiid if he can get healthy again and Jokic who of those guys are going to be the ones who really vault into this top 10 and still to me of the guys who are the top seven that we talked about the only one of them that you would reasonably think and we hit on this in the 2019 crystal ball episode too the only one of those top seven guys that you think is likely to be better next year would be Kawhi. all the rest of these guys are in their late 20s and and probably aren't going to be as good next year if they follow the normal aging curve late 20s or later in the case of some like lebron
1: my pet theory is that we both have the same line at tier three is that the line between tier three and tier four is going to narrow but that it's not going to break next year and then the year after that is when we're going to start to see that turn
0: yeah well and and also you know when are the ageless lebron james and chris paul like finally gonna start to show some real signs of slippage
1: seems like it's gonna happen at some point but i don't want it to happen (laughs) ever i really don't
0: yeah all right thanks so much for listening that will do it for today announcement twitter nba show unless they decide to rest everybody will happen wednesday spurs versus warriors will be doing the second screen uh, danny and i together during the game maybe do a little bit, bit of post game as well that will then turn into dunked on that'll be a good one 9 30 eastern 6 30 pacific uh, on espn but you can turn that sound down a little bit and uh, listen to our dulcet tones instead thanks so much to our sponsors today Movement Watches, MVMTwatches.com slash Capspace gets you 15% off your order. And Indochino, use that Capspace code to get any premium made-to-measure suit for just $389. We'll be back tomorrow. Going to do five episodes this week uh, after three last week due to the tournament. Looking forward to doing those and looking forward to talking to you again soon. Till then, your favorite note-finding mystery-solving podcast is back found returns this week live from south by southwest if you haven't heard found takes random things found to the ground and tries to solve the mysteries behind them from love notes to babies you never know what you're gonna get find out what random things were found this week go listen to the newest episode of found and subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest but let me play devil's advocate here let's see so no that's a good thing uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem uh,